0: Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Alex's Firearms Digest. I'm your host, Alex. In this episode, we will explore some topics that have somewhat been avoided by the firearms community. Those topics are mentality, mindset, and communication. But before we get started on discussion, let me tell everyone listening a little bit about myself. Firearms have been involved in my life for almost 25 years now. I've learned a lot during that time, and in that time, anything's changed as well, from perception to the way I handle my firearms. All the improvements can be credited to the armed conflicts our great nation has been involved in. Gunfighting has also evolved due to this reason and the testament downrange him in different environments and situations. As a law-abiding gun owner who believes in the preservation of oneself and his loved ones, I've seen it upon myself to learn the effective ways of gunfighting. So everything I've learned has been in the pursuit to become a master of the weapons I wield. With that being said, let's explore the first topic and that is mentality. It is very important to understand how and why a users' mentality plays a strong role in how they will operate with their tools during certain situations. Besides the obvious reasoning of a life and death situation, it can be broken down to how the user shoots, their perception, and the reasoning in their judgment when engaging a threat. In conjunction with mindset, which we will discuss in a bit, it can also affect the response time on their actions, the way they train, etc. A set of beliefs can either make you or break you as a user and it can change how you operate and it can still possibly end you up in jail. As I stated earlier I strongly believe in self-preservation as a must. Just because I do so it does not mean that I am going to be drawing my firearm in every situation and spilling blood. It just means that I will do everything within my actual being in power to make sure I am still alive, and that those I am protecting are alive as well. At the same time, you can't just be narrow-minded and carry a gun. I understand that many at this point might have already formed an opinion in some way or form about me. I'm certain that you and I are on two different spectrums of this totem pole, and I'm sure I'm at a higher one, with more enlightened people but that statement's not meant to deter you, but rather to invite you to join us up here as well. It is just as you wish for people to see and understand your political views. It's the same way I wish for you to see and understand why your mentality needs to change and accept the openness to criticism and adaptability. Even in the shooting world, Darwinism still plays a role. If you don't adapt, you might not be around too long in terms of techniques and abilities, especially with those who did. But if you're willing and open to change it, we can start with mindset. Mindset is very important when it is towards shooting and firearms in general. Not to say that yours more than likely needs to change. It might sound like a broken record at this point, I get it. But here's something that I found out to be existent among gun owners and that is that there are these two types of habitual mindsets that are toxic and unproductive. The first one is a constant egotistical belief in which gun owners view themselves as these amazing shooters. They might never really train, or might on occasion attend the flat range, or maybe they drive fire in front of a mirror. The second one, the second, which is the most toxic and unproductive of the two is that of various gun owners that actually don't do anything besides hoard ammo and purchase guns left and right. Sorry guys, I'm burping a little bit. Now, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with purchasing multiple firearms. But there is an issue that should raise discussion with firearm owners who are only owners and not users i'm certain we all know someone we're a few individuals that are like this and know they fit one of the characteristics that i just described you know they're very cliche types of individuals they'll just blabber about how much ammo they got and how they went skiing and or they went waterboarding or they were in the river somewhere in a free state like arizona or whatever especially if you're from california like i am um and, and they just blabber about how much ammo they got, how the world around them is coming to a civil war. And I'm just throwing air quotations around the word civil war. You know, some kind of civil war scenario. And they never train because they need to keep hoarding ammo. You know, that's like the funniest thing about it. As if the thousands of rounds that they have is not enough. Or they're not enough. And most of these people only speak politics and, and they speak combat tactics, but they're fucking outdated. It's like shit they see from the movie. Like, well, you know, if we have to hit the German bunkers, we're going to bring the Bangalores and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attach a gum to my bayonet, you know, and on the gum, I'm going to attach a mirror and I'm going to look over the, the ridge to make sure that MG 42 gunner is not pinning us down because that's what those fucking Democrats are going to do to us. You know, just to make a point, I that was a little bit extreme, but I mean, that's the truth. You know, some of these guys actually conceal carry and others don't. But those that do, um, they have this this tactic cool as fuck, or my my actual phrase that I'm going to coin in this for the rest of this podcast of his entirety. It's going to be TAF, tactical as fuck. And we're going to call it taff but they have this ta fantasy stuck in their heads In their mind shit pops off. They're like at Costco or Sam's club or somewhere super American, you know, cause that's what these beer belly dads do. You know, they're, they're usually at Costco or some shit and shit pops off. They draw their pistol They shoot the first target like John Wick style. And then they transition to the next target to take them down as if for some fucking reason, you know, the other, the teammate of the first mass shooter was too fucking slow to react to his buddy getting John whipped by some fat slob and fucking I shirt and I shorts with fucking flip flops, you know? And like, for some reason he was, he was not fast enough, not trained fast enough to react to that. You know, so this guy takes him down, takes him to that second shooter and you know, maybe an innocent civilian got hurt, he gets takes out his IFAC, big ass brick of an IFAC that he keeps underneath his fucking beer belly with one, eye, with one fucking TQ, you know, one tourniquet. Well, how many fucking limbs do you have, right? Let's break that down first. How many fucking limbs do you have? You only carry one cat. That will be in another episode of this podcast, which pisses me off. You guys are just as bad as some of these fucking Antifa medics. Anyways, so he, that civilian gets hurt. Pulls out his fucking brick of an iFac from LBT or LBX because he's not gonna spend the money on LBT. We know they're all broke motherfuckers anyways. Um, and then he like fucking tourniquets the guy like Antifa medic style and he saves the day, right? Now I'm not saying this is not a possible scenario. I'm not saying it's all fantasy line. It could happen. It could. But realistically speaking This is a fantasy land scenario. Like seriously. It really is. Um, What's going to happen is this guy is probably going to try to use some kind of naso that he's not even trained for. Something in the side fact he's not certified for. He's going to fucking kill that civilian. And these people don't train enough to say they're effective shooters. You know, their goddamn fucking grouping looks like a buckshot at 50 yards trying to hit a target yeah yeah it's going to get the job done to an extent but I mean is it really concise and efficient yeah mm. that's also another topic for another day that we can talk about but yeah your mindset has to be trained to handle the scenario as smoothly as it went off in your fantasy there's a lot of stress and emotions involved in real life situations or when you get physical with a person. And as we've witnessed our mindset failed us, there's been ways we've reflected upon certain situations to achieve a better outcome or handling of the situation. In a mass shooting, in a home invasion, if you live through it, you will have the opportunity to revisit what went wrong, And how can you go about it differently? And that is if you're not in the hospital or you're not in jail. Correct? I think we can all agree with that. And everybody who concealed carries knows that. But the firearm community, and sadly the firearm community, has shied away from discussing it. Or made it out to be seen as something that is not trainable. You're either born with it or not. Which is complete bullshit. So we've ignored it or found some way of compensating for the lack of it. Going back to that fantasy TAF scenario, or scenario, however you want to pronounce it. How are you really going to approach it when your stress is high, your adrenaline is through the roof, your wife, partner, family member, or child just got shot? you are surrounded by an endless amounts of civilians running and screaming without you properly training that mindset of yours in stressful drills is your accuracy still going to be the same How are you going to handle another or several human beings attempting to take you down if you haven't even drawn Are you going to be able to quickly identify shoot and no-shoot targets amidst the chaos? Or are you going to be getting arrested for attempted murder after you shot an innocent civilian? How are you going to sincerely handle it when all the odds are against you? And you can't bust out the Han Solo, never tell me the odds. Bullshit, because that's not how it works. And these are questions that you always have an answer to. And although no situation will ever be the same, coming from me who's been in situations where stress is high, critical thinking is through the roof, I can tell you firsthand that you will either tame those emotions and handle the situation, or you're gonna be just like many other people that I've I've seen sit idly. They just sit idly by as these emotions, all this, they they never took the time to train or even work on, ruin them. And you're gonna be one of those people that gets ruined by Users have to realize that mindset is critical to your thinking and response amidst high adrenaline, high threat, high critical thinking, anything. And it's something that we, as a community, Should address and we should work on. We should help others work on. But everything being said, a user must be able to give. Well, you must be able to give it your all in everything they do and everything you do. Stress-induced drills are super effective in training your mindset because they push you beyond that individual you perceived yourself to be. So if you thought you were Johnny Badass, you come out, you go to the range, you're doing for the first time ever these high-stress drills, and you end up deceiving yourself the whole time you saw that you were just a facade dude that's great that's great but the hard thing about it is that human beings in general don't like doing anything that they believe they will inherently fail at. so they found ways of compensating for it you know and that's one way you could compensate for it is that you don't want to do these drills Because you know you're not fast. You know you're overweight. Dude, I used to be fatter than what I am right now. And, you know, I had to go through this myself. Because why am I going to lie to myself? You know? If you're not going to go beyond that 100% to get the training done, are you really useful to your family when meth head Joe or Jane break through that door? You know? Or to your friends or to your colleagues when fucking quiet guy McGee snaps because he got fired and he walks in and starts going postal in the workplace. At that point, are you you another soft target? Are you that soft target that's going to get Swiss cheese? Possibly have your own firearm used against those you wanted to protect? If so, that also brings up the question. If you should even own a firearm and sadly I can't answer that for you just be completely honest to yourself on that you know sit down look in the mirror and say you know what I'm a piece of shit and I'm not gonna train hard enough and all I'm ever gonna do is whore ammo and think I'm a badass and live under my tinfoil hat and therefore the day they break in I know they're gonna fucking kill me cause I'm useless with my fucking firearm and they're gonna rape my family so I'm gonna sell my firearm I'm sorry to be so mean but I'm just tired of everyone acting like they're all fucking John Wicks and John Waynes and fucking tier one operators when in reality most of these people just sit on their fucking couch all day and they don't do shit you know at least I'm trying to get people moving at least i'm trying to change the gun community in california you know but i mean let's jump on to our next topic you know I'm taking too long on this and i think you guys get the point you know if you don't then i don't know what to tell you buddy um stay tuned for a quick word from our sponsors um or from my sponsors of this podcast uh stay tuned for a quick word all right thank you we'll be right back with communication All right, we're back, and I hope you like my sponsors, just myself. (laughs) Uh, I don't have any sponsors, but if you guys are interested, um, I will give some contact information after this episode, and uh, I will be doing so after the next few episodes. But, uh, you know, we're behind enemy lines. What can I say? We're in the red state of California, and... um, Shit, i can't really blame anyone but i mean new york and some other states in the east coast out there you know we have some pretty we have some similar shitty laws and i hope listeners from those states are actually listening or anybody that l- wants to get more uh wise up on their training or wants, or looking for tips and advice you know you guys feel free to follow this podcast i will be posting a lot more episodes and training and stuff like that um my main goal i guess is to uh to get the ball rolling in the firearms community and discussing how things are, you know, especially in California where the crime rate is so bad because of all these new laws and how crimes are being punished differently now. Um, Did you know, for all my California listeners, did you guys know that if someone comes up to you, punches you in the face, and takes off with your Xbox, iPhone, 7 and under, and your Nintendo Switch it is no longer a felony it's a misdemeanor, and it will be citation and they will have to present themselves at court bullshit right they can punch you in the face take your shit and they don't go to jail they just get a citation unless they cost GBI but by then if they're going to cause GBI and do some time this might as well stab you and try to kill you and I think a lot of them think that way um, but yeah so, anyways, uh, let's jump back into the discussion. Up next is it was the topic of communication. So let's just get right into it. I mean, communication will always play a big part of life. Um, we use it for everything. If you think about it, you know, uh, we effectively communicate with each other so we can interact with one another. You know, if I have to interact with you, you have to interact with me when it comes to certain medical things in my profession. Or I have to interact with everyone around me to purchase things. You know, if I'm at a store or whatnot. So communication is what builds up our relationships. And it's what can also damage them. You know, we have all those fucking Karens out there destroying and damaging relationships with consumers. Or with with like Walmart and shit. You know, and they always think they're right. Anyways. All users must know how to read the individuals they encounter. You know, coming from a, a very direct-minded CCW home defense type of mentality that I've recently, um, how would I say? That I've recently grown into. You know, I'm always reading things. You know, you ha- you have to read individuals that you encounter, and it can be from a verbal. A physical meaning their body language or simply applying heuristic cues you know uh, here's a personal example at all times whether I'm carrying or not I observe the social climate this is something that will determine what I will be taking with me for the day in public say in public settings I observe people that are walking within my proximity you know and I usually give myself like a pretty good space of private personal space you know, so if someone's, like, trying to fucking tailgate me on the sidewalk, I usually just pull over and let them walk by. You know, I've been called paranoid by some people for doing this, but, you know, fuck them. It's my safety, not theirs. Um, so, when I'm out in public, I observe people that are walking within my proximity. What their hands are doing, who's doing what, who's speaking to who, and if they're pointing at places, things, or other people. Um, there was this instance, uh, and actually recently there was another instance, and I'll get more into that one. Uh, so there were some bums loitering outside a local donut shop, and this is during broad daylight on a Thursday afternoon. And I believe this was early January last uh, this current year. <sighs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I was with my girl cousin and my two... My niece and nephew, I was a four year old and a seven year old, and then my cousin that's about, give or take, 115 pounds soaking wet. Right? So we pull up to this donut shop just for her to purchase some scratchers. Everybody has their vices, I know. Um, and I decided to stay back with the kids in the back so they wouldn't have to be exposed to these individuals, you know. And as my inside the store or inside the donut shop I should say uh, this other individual comes another male and he appeared to be under the influence of something and it was all based on presentation you know uh, I'm not speaking of some wobble here and there I'm speaking of full blown slurring speech guy can barely walk correctly and he had like a really strong erratic behavior you know he was also armed with the 10 and a half inch a half inch, yeah about ten and a half inch metal pipe, you know, it was like a yellow rod. You know, so he's looking like your violent uncle that you see at every family reunion, you know? Teal <laughs> and they all observed my cousin as she came out. One asked for change kind of aggressively. By this time I had stepped out of the driver's side door, which I had lowered the window on, and she kept walking. The male repeated himself again for change. And this time it was a bit more aggressive, you know, he was like a little bit more aggressive, demand, almost demanding change. And he followed behind her probably like about six foot distance from her. Now all of us who have taken CCW courses, we know what the 21 foot rule and the 21 foot drill looks like, right? We know how quickly we can cover that and how quick we have to draw and shoot. So at this point I already had my hand in my windbreaker Underneath my windbreaker and I'm already gripping my tool. We'll say that. For ATF herbicis. Fuck the ATF. Anyways. So they all observed my cousin and as they after they had asked for her, I responded on her behalf. You know, and the other two bums that were behind this bum turned towards me. This includes Mr. Yellow Rod. Well, Having their attention and my pistol already gripped, I waited for their response to be a threatening one since they outnumbered me by two. Fortunately, that wasn't the case. The one who was closest to my vehicle turned back and walked away, which is something that I really loved, you know, um, because things could have gone south really quick. Uh, Now I'm breaking down the event, the area around the local donut shop. It's a high crime area within the city and if you guys know who I am, you guys knew where I used to live and how horrible that fucking place is. You know, it's not as bad as other places. Like even where I grew up in my childhood, it's a lot worse, but out here people are just stupid and everybody thinks they're a fucking cowboy, so yeah. Um, there's multiple types of crime that happen here all the time and it's not uncommon little uncommon for you to see local law enforcement patrolling the area. You know, they're usually making stops on the big population of transients or these gang-related people. Knowing this information and having it confirmed through law enforcement officers themselves and press releases, you know, I usually approach this area with a more heightened sense of awareness than other parts of the city. This also means that the chances of drawing my firearm are more probable Meaning that I will, I am more than likely to shoot. I am more than likely to have to deal with the police and I am more than likely to pick up my insurance card and start calling my representative to get my lawyer out here as fast as I can. Something you guys should look into as well. And we will talk about that later. Um, so during the encounter, I figured out my possible targets based on how they presented themselves. You know, the guy, Mr. Yellow Rod and his two bums. Or his two goons, right? And then I continually checked for more individuals that might become targets. You know, and we're talking about like these hipsters that want to stand up for people thinking they're in the right. Without even knowing what the fuck is going on in the situation. And of course, given, and this nowadays always will play a fucking factor. Given the fact if they're a certain race or not, right? Because there are some people that are always like, all of us must stick together against a certain race. Blah, blah, blah. And this race power and this race color power which I think is stupid all humans matter um, and all humans are capable of being pieces of shit it's not just one or the other uh, so yeah I kept an eye out for that make sure they weren't gonna have any homies coming out of the woodwork but once again you know I'm already outnumbered by three or by two Somebody else comes into the mix. You're just giving me more reasons to open fire on you. You know, and this is something that all of us are covering. I don't know why people are so fucking scared to open fire on people. Especially when you're outnumbered. There's a strong possibility of GBI, GBH. It's green light, homeboys. It's open season on these motherfuckers. Pop, pop, pop. You get what I'm saying? People say, wow, this guy, he's actually trying to teach us how to shoot people. I'm not teaching anyone anything. I'm just learning how to play the fucking game. The same way these welfare motherfuckers have 15 kids and 20 baby daddies, and they still have a baby daddy in home, and they're getting Section 8, and all the fucking EBT benefits, and Snap, and WIC, and all this other bullshit. The same way they learn to play that game, that's the same way your boy is learning how to play this fucking game. Because I'm tired that everything is fucking mental health issue, or everything is our fault. They grew up in a stupid ass environment. You know, I grew up in a stupid ass environment and I chose not to be that way. So what am I supposed to feel pity for people that grew up in the exact same fucking conditions as I did and decided to follow the exact same stupid ass path as their older brothers, their family members, or all the other fucking idiots around them. I'm supposed to feel sorry for that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And I worked too fucking hard. I work too hard, I deal with too much bullshit in my fucking job to be dealing with a fucking lazy fuck that wants to take away my wealth. Fuck that. Let out. Anyways, um, so I was ready, I'm not gonna lie, you know my stance was a defensive one at the point they confronted her, the window was already down because I had some protection in case he threw that fucking rod at me while I'm dispersing shots into the fucking tri group of idiots. You know, I was ready to rock and roll. I was ready to rock and roll. I knew my exits. I knew how to fucking get out of that shopping center and then pull over and call the cops. You know, because at the end of the day, I'm—it's just me, a girl that's never been in a goddamn physical altercation in her life—that's gonna get fucking destroyed by a fucking ten-inch rod hitting her fucking face, and these children they are gonna get de- completely destroyed by a ten-inch rod if it was to hit them in their face or adult strength hits to the face. You get what I'm saying? So there was no way I was gonna let that happen. I was ready. I was ready. If they wanted to take it to that ground, we were gonna meet at that ground and we were gonna take care of business. That's all there was to it. But it didn't come to that way. After presenting myself as a threat to them, acknowledging that they wanted to harass her and to change, the communication was effective in letting them know this is where the line is at you're either going to cross it and you're gonna have to face me or we can just be civil about it and everybody walks away and that's the end of it and that's what it really was that's that's exactly what it was and that's what it came down to you know so communication plays a strong role um i'll be right back i'm gonna use the restroom and then we'll get down to the second incident um where i had to use communication Okay, we'll be right back alright we're back uh, that was awesome that was awesome uh, so the second incident actually took place in Chibala California and we uh, we were on our way to an event this guy was driving in front of us he was driving a uh, um, and it was a uh, it was a beep color and the license plate, I still remember the license plate, the license plate was and um, yeah uh, so the driver was acting very erratic it was swearing all over the place and uh, in the car I had my wife and I had our niece She's seven years old. And this guy was completely out of bounds. I mean, the guy almost wrecked it to some people on our right side. And I was trying to avoid him. So I stayed back. And then I I called it in, which was the worst part. Because for some reason, 911 calls take forever. You know. After I got connected, I had the dispatch sort of mock me. He was like, I'm sorry, sir, you're saying he was heading where to what? And what color is it? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, bitch, disperse the fucking officers to the fucking area I'm telling you before he tries to reckon to me, you know? And I never mentioned that I was a CCW holder to her. I felt that if I had mentioned that, this bitch was so fucking stupid at her job that she would have... Like made it seem like I'm now chasing this guy with the gun out in the car with the child in the back seat, And I'm about to shoot this guy, you know, which is nowhere near the reality of it. You know, I'm actually, I have the gun hidden. It's still, I'm still concealed carrying. You know, I haven't drawn, but I am being careful. I have to be, I'm paying more attention to this guy than to the fact, And also to the fact that I have a, I have a seven-year-old girl in the back seat. And I have my wife in the car, you know? If you guys think my cousin meant a lot to me, my wife means more than that to me, you know? So I'm trying to keep my distance, and I'm keeping, like... Because this guy will either shoot from the most inner lane to the most outer lane. And I have to literally stay away from him. So we come up on the street on an overpass over a major freeway. And I'm telling the dispatch, hey, this guy's still here. He, yeah, we're over We're on the overpass. We're just waiting for the light. And this guy, I don't know how, because I'm on hands-free. Somehow this guy looks at me and he like makes eye contact with my wife and I. And he sort of assumes that we're calling the cops. Because he starts taking out his wallet or some shit. And he starts, like, making these signs to, like, come towards him, you know. Or it might have been the fact that I'm, like, two cars behind him at a stagger side, you know. So I'm, like, diagonally across from him, two cars length behind. I'm keeping my distance, like I said, this fucking dumbass was swerving in and out of lanes. I'm not going to let him hit our car, you know. Or what if he has a firearm, you know. He pulls it out of nowhere, shoots my wife or shoots into our car, hits my knees. You know, it's, it's just a weekend that I'm not going to have it ruined by that. So I maintain my distance. I try to go straight and divert. This motherfucker follows me. <clears throat> and luckily enough, we're coming up on a sheriff's substation. And there's a sheriff coming out of the, coming out of the driveway. So I tell my wife, I'm going to park on the side of the sheriff, on the, the sheriff's driver's side. I'm going to pull up next to him. You're going to tell him what's going on with the other guy. This motherfucker beats me to it and parks right next to the sheriff. Like on the the stop sign. And they both take off at the same time. So, you know what? I'm like, you know what? It's easier if I let this idiot go ahead. And we just turn the opposite direction. So, yeah. So, I just turned away from him. Got back on the freeway. drove, Drove around. Came back. And we lost him. But the whole time I was at the event. Where there was hundreds of people. I was expecting to see this motherfucker pop out of nowhere trying to hurt us, and I even remember that I separated myself from my wife because we had argued about it in the car, and I took myself a little bit of space away from them. But it wasn't, it wasn't for me to like you know ditch them. It was for me to circle around them and make sure this douchebag wasn't coming up. Because if he was coming up on them at that point, given everything that had happened, given the fact that we had called into dispatch and dispatch has taken, was like fucking ridiculing us. At that point, I would have approached him with my gun drawn and it would have made the local news or it would have made actual news coverage, you know, because there's already the intent to harm us with his actions. And I don't give a fuck if he's under drugs or not. You know, I don't know if he's under drugs. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professional on fucking diagnosing people if they're under the influence of drugs or anything, you know, they could have a mental health issue, but just because they have a mental health issue is not a fucking safe passage to go harm people. And that's another thing, we need to stop doing that. We, not, we need to stop giving all these fucking morons the fucking slap on the wrist because they have a mental health issue. I understand mental health is very important and whatnot, and we have to understand why the fucking mind is fried or why it goes bad, but I feel no pity when it's self-induced, especially if you started doing drugs. You know, if you did drugs to escape the reality of life because you couldn't handle life, uh, that's sort of on you, bud, and I shouldn't have to deal with it, and you shouldn't have any go-free passes, you know? Having shit like that, that kind of sympathy, is what causes old people to get fucking stabbed to death. Out there in Riverside. We had an 89-year-old female, I think, that got stabbed by some fucking psychotic patient that was already dealt with by the system. And people knew she was fucking crazy. So, yeah. No. Uh, But, yeah. Um. To anyone who truly carries, and this is going to be my end notes, I think I'm done for the t- for the night. Um, to anyone who truly carries and has taken the courses and training, their mentality, your mindset, and if you have harnessed those powerful communication skills, they will tell you, and I will tell you, that every day you don't have to draw your firearm and deal with the muck and mire of ending a human life to consider it a great day. I mean, and it's the best outcome for any situation where it could have easily gone south. You know, like any situation. Um, And if you have any friends that when I was telling my stories uh, said, oh, fuck that. I would have shot that fool. Yeah, I would have fucking capped his ass, bro. Those are the dumb motherfuckers. You don't want them handling guns um, because they're going to be the ones that are going to give the gun community in California. Which is already which has been under fucking strict scrutiny for years and decades. Those are the idiots are going to help them push their agenda. Um, so yeah. Well, everyone, I hope you guys enjoyed this first volume. In the next volume, uh, we will discuss lethality i know it's a touchy subject and if you, didn't, you don't like it you don't have to listen to it stay tuned for volume three then uh, we'll talk about training i think in that one that's the one that i think i'm gonna write about training i was writing about training yeah um it, so if, if you guys didn't know um i wrote these this first volume second and third volume have been written already i wrote them as like a way of documentation or, or of like educational literature you know um, it was usually just like a fucking l- typed out digest uh, but I didn't feel comfortable that way you know I wanted I wanted to verbally express myself because I feel that even though you guys are listening to it and we cannot interact you in know through a podcast uh we, you guys can build up questions and you guys can send them in, and then I can discuss them and respond to them lifetime. But as in comparison to people who write questions, who wrote me some questions for the first volume, and then I had to respond to them in the second volume, you know, which was like two to three weeks out or four weeks out, you know, because um, I was going through a lot of stuff during that time when I wrote it. Uh, but now I think I'm going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll do it and see how it goes. And once again, if you guys are interested, if you guys like this material, you guys found it interesting, you guys want to support the podcast, uh, I'm not sure how far it's going to go. I'm hoping it goes far because I know a lot of states are having the same gun law issues with, as California. And being a Californian, you know, I'm not the pussy that's going to run away from home. I actually stand here and fight so i'm fighting it and i'm trying to do the best i can you know i'm teaching you know i'm learning i learned a lot about home defense about um high threat cqb and that's something that i'll cover in the training portion of it um but if you guys want me to review gear you guys want me to review uh, other firearms i'd be more than happy to do so and give you guys my honest opinion i'm not here to be bought out by any corporate brand um i myself i'm into six hour i'm into glock I build my own ARs, uh, I love Daniel Defense components, I love Colt components. Um, I'm a big fan of both Surefire and Streamlight, I am not play bias on those. I think both of them are good uh, Mountain light choices, uh, also Enforce is a good choice. Um, I don't buy cheap gear so uh, if you're uh, Ar five hundred or any of those cheap brands, don't fucking don't talk to me. We we don't have anything to discuss. I own your products in the last few years, and your guys you guys make shit. You guys make shitty ass fucking products. Swear to God. Also, you too, old like you guys suck. Fuck you guys. Um, but yeah, like the whole thing about this podcast is to push everyone to go further, to go out there and train, to get like fucking tier one out like pretty much in a in sense of saying it it's like to push you guys beyond what the fuck people generally perceive to be gun nuts to be like michigan militia is nothing compared to what i want people to be to what i want people to train at you get what i'm saying it's uh because this is the truth you know the way this society is going it's scary to see that people that are committing these uh drive up licks or drive up thefts like we've seen in rosewood are getting away with it they're getting away with it you know some people have gotten shot over fucking shoes which is ridiculous i mean it's happened before in the past but now it's even more common because it's an assault you know it's it's, first it's assault and it's robbery but it's not assault with a deadly weapon because they haven't shot you yet um or attempted murder you know what i'm saying Um, so yeah, I'm looking to change the laws in California to push public opinion to change that, you know, hopefully we can start acting out the death penalty, start carrying them out because it's a lot of money that we're wasting. It's a lot of money. Everything's too fucking expensive in this beautiful state. And this is home. I mean, if we lived here since birth, this is fucking home and there's no reason for us to run away from home. Um, so yeah. Um, same thing for all you guys that are in New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, Connecticut, wherever you guys are being restrained for bullshit. Um, don't run from home, guys. Fight for home. You don't run from home. You fight for it. Uh, so yeah, um, if you'd like to pledge any support, if you guys have any comments or questions, feel free to contact me at Alex F S and Frank D, as in David. Podcast at gmail.com. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to my TED Talk. Good night, guys.